Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number 20. And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money resources page. So if you are interested in books or podcasts or YouTubers or bloggers that Hannah and I would recommend to help you with your money and help you sort of just improve your life in general, these are things that we've either read or listened to or watched and loved and found helpful that we want to share with you. If you're interested in that uh, or you want to support the show because a lot of the Amazon links on that page are affiliate links, which means we do get kickback, we would greatly appreciate it. You can go to mappedoutmoney.com forward slash resources to check all that stuff out. So I think today's episode is particularly relevant um, as we're seeing how schools are going to move forward and companies are making the decision of how they're going to move forward yeah. in light of the coronavirus. And I think a lot of people are finding themselves in the new normal of working from home and also having kids doing school from home. Yeah. And I think all of these tips apply to you working from home and also helping your kids work efficiently from home too. I think I think we're going to see this trend continue. And I think even if like after we figure out this corona thing and life can go back to normal, I think we're going to see some of the benefits from work from home. And I think a lot of people are going to choose to work from home or companies are going to give uh, employees their option. I was even listening to a podcast uh, last week and they were talking about all the new business opportunities that are going to pop up because of this and how um, you're going to see like these homes being built and designed with these awesome in-home offices and like that become a future selling point and home buying and like all these new gadgets and stuff. It It's going to be really totally interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see kind of all the little bitty ramifications that come out of this. Well, we were already seeing that happening in the RV yep. world before the coronavirus. Yep. And so now, I mean, that's just going to be on That's steroids. skyrocketed. The CEO of Airstream actually just uh, was talking last week in an interview about how they're designing their new Airstreams with that in mind and like how they can create these desk spaces for people to work at on the road. It's, yeah, it's, it's really, really neat. Kind of with all that in mind, um, you know, I've been working remotely from the Airstream for three years, and then you uh, left physical therapy and joined me working in the Airstream, what, two-ish two years ago? Yeah. yeah. So with us kind of doing this now for a few years, we thought it'd be fun to share some of our best tips um, for working from home. Because we found a lot of things that didn't work. We got a lot that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, uh, maybe you can avoid some of our uh, mistakes and uh, skip to the working part. So the first tip is one that's helped me a lot. And it's just to think about what has worked for you in the past, um, when you were kind of in more structured environments, especially. So when I found myself struggling to work efficiently from home, I started thinking about, okay, like, well, I always thrived in school and even working as a physical therapist productivity wise and all that stuff. I never I never had an issue with that. So what were some of the elements that I had helping me to stay on track in those environments that I can create in a work from home environment? So one of the things that always worked for me in school was, okay, I have these class times, these very defined class times. I know when they are. I know the gaps in between my classes. And I can squeeze. I always was great at like 
really optimizing that time in between to eat lunch and also get started on homework and also do this thing that we needed done in our personal life. And I worked really efficiently with that time that I had. So I decided to start scheduling classes for myself almost. Like if there's if there's a certain skill that I'm trying to learn for um, for us to implement in videos or something, like I might have an After Effects class or an Adobe InDesign class, just putting those things on my calendar. So it's kind of like a variation of batching, I guess, but giving myself those defined times to work on certain projects that we have Another another kind of mental image that's coming to mind as you're saying this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that I came up with this, but I'm almost ninety percent sure I did not come up with this. I'm pretty sure I've heard this somewhere now that I'm thinking about it. But this mental image came up as like if if you imagine filling a jar right with like rocks and sand, you know you've maybe seen this illustration before or whatever. But like if you put sand in the jar first, you're never gonna be able to get like the big rocks into that jar. Whereas if you put the big rocks in first, and then the little rocks, and then the little bitty rocks, and then the sand, you can amazingly fit all the stuff yeah, in the jar. Yeah, that is good. And so this idea with like what you thrived on when you were in college was you had these big rocks where it was like class from 8 to 9.30, and then 10 to 11.30, and then you had a four-hour break, and then you had another evening class or something, right? And so you had these rocks in your schedule, and then you could fit in the little like homework pieces or running and doing laundry or eat lunch or whatever kind of around these big rocks that took up your schedule. And what people find when they go from no set schedule or a full set schedule with all these rocks in place at their work to like, holy cow, I just have to wake up and like pull something off is how easy it is to sort of wallow and fill your days with sand and then you don't ever get the big rocks done. Yeah. And you get to the end, end of the day and you're like, holy cow, where did what my did day go? Yeah. yeah. What have I accomplished? Yeah. That's like the perfect the perfect um, analogy or metaphor or whatever. And so this comes into play, you know, like when we do our cycle planning and we, we think about those kind of like bigger projects that we're going to be focusing on for the next six weeks. Um, that's kind of what I'm what I'm using to establish like my big rocks yes. in my schedule. Yep, that's been helpful, and I think it'll continue to be helpful. That's actually something that I've just now kind of started implementing. Um, and then the other thing that I knew that had really helped me as a physical therapist was that I had this super clear definition of a successful day. So you know, I'd come in and I'd have a set list of these are all the patients that I need to see today. And, and that was success. Yeah. And so it's like if you saw those patients, you got your notes done, boom. Yeah. And, you know, when I got that done, my my physical therapy brain was turned off and I was into my personal, my personal life. Yeah. When you're working from home and especially like when it's when you when you are like working for yourself and working from home, having that definition of a successful day is not always as clear. It's not. Yeah. But to me, like your definition. So like, OK, you saying that. So like what you know, the, the theme with this first one is what's worked in the past that's working or that, that you can take with you and make it work at home. Your definition of a successful day leads right into mine, which is um, using the note cards system, which I heard about a long, long time ago, uh, which is actually just where the day before you write down what would make that day a success. Mm -hmm. right? And so what I do is I write down three things on a little bitty index card 
and I say, if I can just get these three things done tomorrow, you know, in between my meetings, in between whatever else I have to get done, if I can get these three things done, that's success. And what's so weird is that I did that super diligently when I was working full-time as an engineer and trying to do this business on the side. I was really good about that. And like, I have this whole stack of index cards from like every day I would do that. Uh, and then for some reason, when I went working remote full-time, I like stopped doing that. Yeah, sometimes we let little habits like that fall by the wayside without even really yep. noticing. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, that thing used to help me a lot. Why am I not doing Why that? Why am I not anymore? doing that? So I just recently started doing it again. Got a bunch more index cards and, and you know, writing down like, okay, here's this thing because I thought like, man, that when I was doing that, I was really crushing it. Uh, and here recently, I felt way more productive. I feel like I'm, I'm making much better progress. And like, uh, every time I'm like, find myself on YouTube or surfing the internet or on Twitter or whatever, I just look down at my index card that I keep right in front of me, and I go, oh yeah. That's the three things I need to get done today. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a great one. So again, just think about what's worked for you in the past. It may not that's be right. any of those things that we mentioned, but I'm sure that there are things that you know have helped you be successful when you're in a more structured environment. And there's normally a way that you can pull that in to your working from home totally. routine. So number two, you know, we kind of I kind of mentioned it when I was talking about um, establishing those rocks on my schedule, but it's the idea of batching similar things. And batching is always a super popular topic. It's really people talk about it all the time. And I've never found success doing it in the way that a lot of people talk about it. Yeah, the, a lot of people will like time block their days and they'll use like these fancy pretty Google calendars and they'll say, okay, from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'm going to do this and then from 12 to this I'm going to do that and da 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 and, and I think that really works for some people. Um, neither one of us have found success blocking in that tide of windows. Yeah, too much random stuff will come up and then it feels like the whole thing it is feels like I, yeah i can't move quickly to get the random thing done and then and then now well crap you know that was supposed to happen at two and then now it's three and so do i you know so then i don't know where i'm at in yeah. the day and we we haven't personally but again you might find success with that but we haven't personally but what we have found success in doing is trying to think through our weeks on a whole basis holistic basis and then try to group things um, at least so they are somewhat together. And so when I'm going to record YouTube videos, I don't allow myself to record just one. I'm going to try and record three. And right now, when Hannah and I are recording this podcast, we're not just recording this one podcast for this week. We're recording a couple of podcasts. When we're going to sit down to script a YouTube video or when, I'm, when you're going to sit down to edit a podcast or edit a video, you're going to try and edit more than just that one, right? So it's, it's, it's not necessarily we don't batch by the minute or by the hour or anything like that, but we are trying to be conscious about grouping together like tasks. Yeah. Well, and, you know, uh, the recording podcast and recording YouTube videos, those are kind of obvious to like, okay, yep. you know, do do all the YouTube videos together, whatever. But there's sometimes when it's a little less obvious and, you know, it comes down to thinking about what what mental headspace are yeah. you stepping into to do certain things? So, like, if I need to write a newsletter for us and I also need to script podcasts. Those are both kind of writing-ish yeah. tasks. So, if I know that both of those are on my list for the week, like, I'm probably going to try to group those together and do those on the same day because, like, I'm, I'm stepping into that writing mindset, you know. Whereas, if I need to edit some of our content, um, I'm probably going to group 
group it's all of that together. Yeah, yeah you can a edit a podcast and then go edit a YouTube video, and that's easier than editing a podcast and then recording a podcast or something or, like that. Or writing. Or writing yeah. or something. Yeah, so trying to minimize, like task switching yes. or if you're if you are switching between things trying to like decrease that that friction between the things as much as you can one of the the last things i'll say on this batching piece is the importance of your calls as well so everybody on the planet right now is super familiar with doing zoom calls that's the new thing that everybody's doing right we've been doing zoom calls for a long time because <laughs> because that's what you do when you work remotely and so what i would encourage you to do is if at all possible Try to group your calls together. Now, this is tough if you work at a big company and maybe, you know, they mandate meetings and you just have to do whatever they tell you. But, you know, talk with your team, talk with your boss, see what you can do and try to make it to where you don't have random calls interrupting your day every single day of the week. And so, like for me and Hannah, we structure my calls because I do a lot of Zoom calls. We structure calls to where they're all on Monday or Wednesday. And so if I have a call that's not on a Monday or a Wednesday, it should be pretty rare in an unusual circumstance. And so that way, when I wake up on Wednesday, I know, hey, today's just a bunch of calls. And so I'm going to do all my calls and that kind of groups that together. And then on the other days, I'm free to focus on other types of work. And that's that's been a huge win, I think, for us overall, just doing that. It definitely has. And it's helpful too, you know, normally when coronavirus stuff isn't going on, like if we want to go work at a coffee shop or something, if you have all of your calls batched on one day, we, then we know that your other non-call days are probably more flexible as far as like, yes. yeah, we can we can go work from the coffee shop and write up what we need to write up and script what we need to script and whatever. Um, and you don't, it's not randomly interrupted by a call. So that idea leads into our third tip, which is to plan your work and rest based on like your mental energy space slash energy and kind of what you've done that day or what you have that day. Um, what I mean by that to tie back into this whole call day conversation when it's a Monday or Wednesday and Nick has had a full day of calls and I've been in the Airstream working in my little corner trying to be as quiet as possible and trying to get I in actually the view think it's of harder camera, for you than it is for me I, to do eight, eight calls. I might say that it is. Because you're like you're like eight hours in silence. Yeah. And so we've learned that when we get to the end of that day, I need us to hang out, watch a movie go for a long walk it's really funny too because you're normally more introverted mm -hmm. and you're normally like i tend to carry our conversations a little bit more than you do mm -hmm. except for call days yeah call days you're like chatty kathy afterwards and i'm like beat i need to go out to eat i need to see people i yep. need to not be in a corner silent like yep. yeah so we figured that out thankfully and so we just plan for that we just plan for it yeah and it makes everything else work a lot better because then you actually also get to look forward to that. It's on the schedule and you kind of know like, oh, yay, we'll get to kind of relax after this. Yeah, it helps me work way more efficiently during the day because instead of being so focused in on like, oh, my gosh, I'm so tired of sitting over here being silent and whatever. And like, I can't even think straight. I, I can kind of take a step back and be like, OK, it's fine. I just need to focus on this thing for a couple more hours and then we're going to go out and get a cup of coffee and hang out or whatever. Totally. Um, so, yeah, it helps and when me you're, work way and when more you're working from home in general like you've got to really be conscious of your mental energy and like state 
because of getting out, right? And again, with corona, you, you can't get out in the same way that maybe you used to, but you, you can get out still um, because you don't want to be cooped up all the time endless you'll you'll drive yourself crazy yeah and you know if you have if you have some like really monotonous task that's weighing on you that you have to do like maybe you save that thing to take to the coffee shop to work on or you know whatever um the other the other kind of point that we wanted wanted to make here is to to not overcomplicate the issue like literally just you know because the other part of this is thinking about okay what time of day am do i typically feel like doing X, Y, or Z tasks. I prefer to do like my creative type work in the morning. And I prefer to do the more cut and dry, monotonous type things in the afternoon. Like when my brain's getting a little foggy, I want to do those tasks where like I can make a cup of tea or whatever and sit here and almost check out a little bit and just do those kind of grind type of tasks. Yep. Well, and I'm really bad about like saving the task that I don't want to do for in the end of the day. But that can sort of be this this defeating loop because by the time I get to the end of the day, my energy's down, I'm drained. Uh, and so, you know, then I definitely don't want to do it. And a lot of times yeah, I'll just whole, put like, it off till tomorrow. Eat the frog, eat the frog thing. Yep. yep. And so just thinking through like, why is eat the frog a thing? It's because of your energy and you're, you're most ready and engaged and all that, like typically at the start of the work day. And so let's do your most important work then, or at least that's true for me and you. Well, and let's get real. Most of the time when you have a task like that, that you're like dreading doing, it normally takes like 30 minutes yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, it's normally not as bad as That's happened as it seems multiple like it times be. for both of us like the past couple of weeks. Like we've said to each other like, man, I've been dreading doing this thing. And I should have just done it like three days it. ago because it literally took me 20 minutes to do. Um, it's funny how we'll build that certain things up in our head like that. So on the note of energy uh, and kind of being aware of that, um, our fourth tip is the importance of moving and getting in like exercise and actually moving your body. And but actually not just exercise. Not exercise and like you have to work out. Like We think that's important too, but we're just talking about like get out of your chair. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think a lot of people talk about it from like the health perspective of like, oh, it's bad to be sedentary all day long or whatever. And we totally agree. Yep. Like it's great from that point too, but also from that mental clarity yes. perspective. And um, it was some study that I saw. I can't remember. I can't remember where I read it, but I was just reading about it the other day. And they were talking about like when you engage your brain just enough to to where you have some space to actually think through things that have been um, kind of a roadblock for you. And so, you know, it's the idea of uh, you're washing the dishes and all of a sudden you have that mental breakthrough yeah. that you've been trying to have all day long sitting at your desk staring at the computer from that perspective to like moving or doing something with your hands. Yeah, because there's no like getting up and walking around the office. There's no getting up and going to the office kitchen to make a cup of coffee or anything like that. Like it's just you at your desk in your home and it can get really tough. And so you got to plan to like get up, go move around and and let yourself, let your brain breathe. Yeah. So I think it's good to kind of have in mind what are some what are some tasks that I can do that aren't a waste of time but that also give my brain a little bit of space to wander and like reset and gain some clarity so whether that's like washing the dishes or a lot of times for us it's taking the dogs out or getting dinner started in the crock pot or something like that I think a lot of times you find that 
you have that mental breakthrough or you you kind of get through that writer's block or whatever you've kind of been stuck on if you'll just give your brain a little bit of space. Yeah. All right. So the fifth tip that we have is to be really mindful of your groceries. And this is kind of a finance tip along with the uh, the work from home tip here because you Maybe you eat, have more self-control you can, than us. You can eat through some groceries. Well, real and not quick. even just that, but like if you buy junk. Yeah, if you buy junk, it's and you so go to easy. get snacks out of your pantry, and you yep. bought junk, you're going to be eating a lot of junk. Yeah. So thinking of it that way too, and I mean, I think we realize that for us, like we do not buy chips. No, if we have grab and go things like that, we don't buy ice them. cream. Yeah. Yeah, there are certain things. Even popcorn, we've stopped buying um, microwavable popcorn, mm-hmm. and we started doing, uh, like, we you cook it. On the stove. On the stove, yeah. and um, that that extra step just makes it to where, like, I'm not going to make four bags of popcorn a day. Well, we did the same thing with coffee, too. Yes, We coffee. stopped using a Keurig and started doing a French press because we were popping coffee all day long. All day yeah all day and so now we do like maybe two cups yeah um yeah giving a giving a little bit more resistance it's for so certain easy things. i mean like i i would love to see a study i bet they have one but i would love to see a study that looks at like weight gain with working from home because as much as i love working from home and i'm super pro working from home i like that definitely happens because you're in especially like if you're wearing sweatpants right mm-hmm. you know you're in your lounge clothes and then you're just eating all the time well and the other thing is like a lot of people are working from home by themselves yeah like we have each other to kind of talk to throughout the day and like you know whatever but if you're if you're just sitting there and literally like you might not have any calls that day you might not talk to anybody yep that day and like you're kind of getting groggy or whatever like a lot of us turn to food to like help wake ourselves up yep. or cope with whatever stress we're feeling or you know whatever so it can definitely get hairy. So make sure that when you're buying stuff, you're buying some healthy stuff for when you do need a snack yeah. and you do need to pick me up. That's that's one of those that I would not have ever thought of until it started happening to us. And I was like, wow, we need to sort of nip this in the bud. Yeah. Like you wouldn't just typically think about that. I mean, it, it's so easy. You know, you do that. You buy junk food. You get into the habit of like snacking on all this unhealthy stuff. And then you feel, you feel bad. like garbage. Yep. Yeah. And so then like you're like, you, you don't work as efficiently yeah. like you may have that major slump where you need to go yep. take a nap and then you're having to work later yep. and then it, it just well, this work from home stuff whole... is really not that productive no it's just you eating potato chips and peanut butter all day long or yeah something. it just <laughs> not speaking from experience. not speaking from experience at all <laughs> <laughs> nick's favorite foods peanut butter and chip sandwiches um so so yeah it is it is just recognizing that that can be a real um, that can be a real downfall if it you're can. not careful. It can. All right, uh, number six. So number six is to have a signal for the end of the workday. This is one that I probably struggle with the most, and uh, it, it is particularly. I'll I'll give myself an out saying it's it's particularly difficult in an RV where like there is really no separation of like work and personal life because you're all in here kind of all <laughs> where tied we together. work is where we eat yep. and where we hang out and yep. Where, yep and so you know I'll, I'll give myself a little bit of grace but i definitely struggle with this one um it's really really hard to separate personal life from work when you work from home because it's so easy to just get that phone grab your laptop oh the workday's over but eh, let me just let me just check a few emails here on the couch no, the workday's over, but let me just add a couple things on my to-do list for tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock, you know, and and if you're not careful, you're just going to work on and off all the time. Yeah, and so it, it leads to this cycle of you're not resting efficiently, yep. and you're also not working efficiently. Yep. 
I mean, you would think like, oh, wow, you're working so hard, getting so much done. It's but like, it's not like, really. No, because you're, when you're not separating and not giving yourself that break, you don't work well. Yeah. Cal Newport's book, uh, Deep Work, was really, really helpful for me on this one. And it's one that I, I really recommend anybody doing work of any kind, not just work from home, but I think especially important for work from home. Yeah. So just kind of brainstorming different signals that you can have for yourself. So maybe it's closing the door to your office. Um, Maybe it's putting your computer away and your backpack or briefcase. I've even heard of people having like different devices for personal and work, right? So like if you work from a – it's hard. I mean, you got to, you know, spend that money. But uh, if you have like maybe a work computer, like a laptop, um, then you're not allowed to do like personal email or Facebook or anything like that. So like if you want to do that stuff after work, then you do that on the iPad. I'm thinking of it from the perspective of like it's our business. So like if we have a work computer, we bought that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, like if, buying if ourselves work uh, and Yeah, if, you're, if your employer is buying your computer, it's probably maybe yeah, not that's as big not of that a deal. <laughs> but, but that idea of just having like, okay, my work laptop stays in the office. And mm-hmm. then if I want to get on a computer or something at night or when I'm not at work – I'm going to do that on my phone or the the iPad or whatever. Yeah. So, and for us in the Airstream, um, like we have a table that when it's raised up, it's obviously a table, but if you lower it down, um, you can put a cushion on top of it and it converts our seating around the table into like a lounge area. So we've been trying to use that as kind of like our signal for the beginning and the end of the day. You know, at the beginning of the day, we raise up uh, the table and take the cushion off the top of the table. And then at the end of the day, we lower it back down and it's a lounge area again. So we're, we're trying to use that as a Trying to incorporate that as a cue. But- it is hard in an it's RV. Hard. So kind of speaking of the end of the day, that brings us to tip number seven, which is make sure you've got um, a end of day routine or uh, a kind of a workday wrap up session. And this doesn't have to be long. It can be five minutes. It can be very, very short. But do something at the end of the day to sort of set you up for the next day. Yeah, I think a lot of people focus really heavily on a morning routine but don't necessarily pay any yeah. attention to an evening slash end of workday routine. Well, and this goes back to the thing that I said that works for me, right, which is uh, that index card, right? And so at the end of every single workday, my last task is on the index card, I write tomorrow's date and the three things I need to get done. And then I put that right in front of my computer and then like, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and so that's really nice because then when I show up to work the next day and walk five feet. Uh, <laughs> Is it even five feet? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> when I show up to work the next day, um, I've got my index card sitting there and I know exactly what I need to do. Before I check email, before I get sucked into whatever you know happens, I have these three things. They're right in front of me. I outlined them yesterday. So I know what I need to do. Now I can just get to work. Um, a few episodes ago, we talked about Hugh Jackman on yeah. Tim Ferriss' yep. podcast as the stuff we like. One of the things that I really liked from that interview was that idea of like manifesting, which can get a little weird. Can but get a little woo-woo. The way that Hugh Jackman talked about it resonated with me more than a lot of times when I've heard it. But he talked about, I think he does this in the morning, but I've been thinking I actually might try to do this in the evening. And it's sitting down and writing out what would make that a good day, but doing it in, in, in the past tense as if it's already happened. So you're like a journal entry. Yeah. So like writing down like today was a great day. Um, you know, I woke up on time. I, I nailed my workout like it was a great workout. 
Um, Nick and I had breakfast together and I was able to jump into work by 8.30 and I got this done and that done and made a lot of progress on this. And then Nick and I were able to like reconnect at the end of the day and um, hang out together while we while we read and I was able to read a chapter in this book that I've really been enjoying. It was a great day. And so writing that and, and what it does is it brings all those things to the front of your mind so that you're more likely to make them happen Actually that day. Actually make that happen. Yeah. Yep. So I've been thinking like every evening I should write down those types of things for the next day and then in the morning just like read it. Yep. And so, you know, it's it's at the front of my mind and, and I'm going through the day trying to make those things happen. I like that idea a lot. Good old Hugh Jackman. He knows, he knows what's up. I know. He does know what's up. All right. So the eighth thing, budget. Your time, right? So no, this is uh, this gotta is where talk about budget somewhere. I know we got to get it in. Uh, no, this uh, the eighth tip is is actually tracking your time just to see where it goes, right? And so very similar to budgeting, um, you only have so many hours in a day, right? And you only have so much money in your life, and so we want to be efficient with those hours. And when you work from home, it is so easy to just let those hours slip through your fingertips really, really quickly because you can surf the web kind of do that sand type work we talked about inside of your big rocks. And then all of a sudden you look around your house and you're thinking like, oh, I need to fix this or I need to go do another load of laundry or I need to throw this on the stove or da da da. And and before you know it, the day's over. It's crazy. <laughs> and it, it goes so fast. And so um, I'm a big fan of tracking your time. You can get digital tracking tools. You can get apps. You can also do it paper and pencil, you know, do whatever you want. But I'm not saying you got to track your time forever and ever for years on end, but I do think that it's a powerful exercise to do for a couple of weeks to just see like where are my hours going. Yeah, and not you don't even have to get like super precise with it no, either. Just rough, you know, kind of yeah. Along with that, I think there's this idea of know the things that you want to be making progress on, and that goes for like work and personal life. And because so it's the same idea of like knowing your values and whether or not what you're spending money on is aligned with those values. Like for me and my personal life and and work related to, but a lot of it's just personal is like I'm wanting to develop more artistic type skills. And so knowing that I only have a set amount of time in every day and I already feel like I don't get to dedicate enough time to work on those skills that are really important to me then it makes it a lot easier to be like, I'm not going to sit here and scroll Instagram. I don't have time to do that. I want to be working on these things and developing these skills over here. And I already know that when I get to the end of the day, it feels like it's just flown by. So I'm going to be really mindful about not wasting my time on X, Y, or Z thing and instead using it um, to to do something creative. I think that's so important. I think that's key. And and knowing what what am I really trying to improve here? And then and then where are my hours going? And so just like with budgeting, most people don't actually th- don't really truly know where their money's going. They may have a guess, but they're probably not right. Same thing with your time. Yeah, you won't have a good understanding for how your hours are getting spent until you track it. And then you'll be very wide-eyed at, at what you find out, I think. Well, and again, that plays into the what we talked about earlier of like your work day and your personal time. It all blends together. together and then nothing's happening happening efficiently. And yeah, it can it just gets real blurry really fast. One of the things that you have to be careful with uh, in working from home and also like the tracking your time kind of brings us to tip number nine, which is trying to keep things simple. So I know like... 
you guys may even laugh at us like, okay, so you've got 11 tips here and you're trying to tell me to keep things simple. That already is like kind of complicated, right? Um, and, and maybe that even goes to show like it, it, it's very easy to kind of overwhelm yourself with every productivity book or every productivity tool or app or hack or whatever. And just kind of keeping in mind that a simple system is the best system. And so whatever that means for you, whether it's these all these other tips that we've said up to this point, um, pick and choose. Don't, you know, don't try and implement all of them. Just keep your stuff simple. Digital versus analog. I think you and I were talking, we've tried what, one, two, three, four different like task management to do type apps. And, you know, ultimately we've come back around to having a very simple digital thing that keeps us both on the same page and then using pencil and paper. Yeah, and just for our trying just like to core for just our core things and, and just trying to keep it simple. Don't don't get overwhelmed with every single little amazing productivity hack. Well, and it's hard right now too because work from home is this new kind of normal it thing. Is. And so there's tons of products coming out yep. focused on work from home and and you can start to feel like, "Oh, well, I need this thing over here to be able to work efficiently from home or I need yeah. that." It's the whole gear acquisition syndrome totally. work from home version. Yep. I think the idea of keeping it simple also ties into what we talked about on the last episode, the um, inversion idea. Yeah. And instead of getting so complicated on what you can do to improve or, you know, what are these minor tweaks that I can do to get just a little bit more efficiency or whatever, kind of flipping that and going, what are the things that are just destroying my productivity and how can I avoid those things? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great frame. Um and again, like to me, when you said that, the first thing that I thought of was, you know, the batching thing for me, because I was like, oh, the thing that was destroying my productivity was having like two calls every single day yeah. mixed in, breaking up my day. And then when we batched and just switched that up to where I only do calls on two days a week. It was a huge improvement. Oh, my gosh, it was huge. And so asking that question really thoughtfully around what is causing you to be unproductive and then avoiding it. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So number 10, I think this is the hardest this one. probably is the hardest one. I yeah. Think. Yep. So number 10 is to set boundaries for your non-work from home friends and family. Yeah. So working from home is a lot more normalized now, but still there's going to be people who don't get it. Yeah. And there's going to be people who are never going to embrace it and not going to understand it. Well, and there's, there's some people in generations that literally Maybe don't have a good grasp of how the internet works. And so understanding that it's even possible to work from home is is a stretch. A stretch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's sort of two tips inside of this one. One is being okay saying no and having a plan for saying no. Because if you work from home, And especially as the country opens back up and people find themselves going back to work and some people find themselves going back to an office, if you continue to work from home, your friends and family will ask you to do things. And Yeah, you may find yourself in a position where people are assuming... Hey, do you mind? Because they assume, well, you work from home. You can just do that or you can go run over here and do that for me or you can pick this up or whatever. And the reality is like you are working from home. You're not just at home. Yeah. You're working from home. And it's a slippery slope. It's a real slippery slope. And so (laughs) you've got to be confident in saying, no, I can't. I'm actually working during that time. Uh, And then then being okay with that. And that kind of brings me to that second piece. 
which is, is not feeling like you have to justify yourself. Yeah. Like it's okay to just say, I'm really sorry. I'm actually working during that time and I'm, I'm not available to, to um, do that. Yeah, I can't do that. Um, and that being enough, you don't have to try to, I've got this going on at work and I've got this going on. And like, you don't have to justify yourself. I'm hoping that people would be more understanding now that COVID has happened. But like, I think about my friend Holly, um, who pre COVID, she used to post uh, on Facebook sometimes and I would see it kind of kind of frustrated with like her neighbors in particular because they were always asking her hey can you pick up my kids uh from school today as well like i'm doing this and she's like my kid actually wasn't at school today or whatever and she she was always getting asked like hey can you go do this for me and then bring it by my house she was getting asked to do these things all the time by the neighbors because she worked from home and they all worked at the office and it was like hard to get people to understand just because i work from home doesn't mean I'm not working. If you've got people in your life who have sort of acted like working from home is less than, uh, which, you know, hey, there's plenty of CEOs right now that are saying that at companies, you know, that are not embracing this movement, saying the second we can, we're bringing people back to the office because we don't trust people to work from home. Just because somebody else says that doesn't mean that's true. Yeah. And so if you're working from home, if you like working from home, if you want to continue working from home, great. Well, I mean, this is unrelated, but it makes me think of that, of this. Um when Mark Zuckerberg was on trial for whatever, <laughs> he was in court for now. whatever was going on with yes. Facebook what at it, whatever point. What did the guy say? He was like, well, how how is your, if you're not. Um, if you're not selling products, if you don't charge for Facebook. Then how, how is it that how, you're making money? How are you money? making money? And he just calmly goes, sir, we, we sell ads. It's yeah. so funny. It yeah. was like, he's in Congress. These are the people that run the country and they're asking how Facebook makes money. Yeah. So it's just recognizing like, okay, <laughs> not everybody understands how this stuff works yep. and it's okay. And that's okay. Except unless you're in Congress, that's not okay. All right. So after you've set all of your healthy boundaries, uh, our last tip for you is to find what works for you and just roll with that. And so we've got 11 tips. Uh, you can ignore all of You can ignore of all of them, except yep. for this last one. Don't ignore this last one. <laughs> Which is do what works for you. Um, but seriously, you, you can inundate yourself with every, like I said, productivity book or YouTube video or podcast under the sun. Uh, there's a lot of good tips, a lot of good advice, a lot of good stuff out there for work from home. Yeah. So I would say like, you know, if you're having a hard time and you're trying to figure out how you can improve, watch a bunch of different stuff and yep. take little bits and pieces and kind of, you know, make your own mix of things. Your own little that work works. from home cocktail. And also don't be afraid to, to change it up. You know, try something for a little while. If it's not working try a different variation of it. Um, it's definitely an adjustment. And if you are just now starting working from home, like have some grace for yourself and yeah, give yourself the flexibility to, to make changes as you need to. Some people might even say that you should find what you like. Speaking of finding what you like, let's it's talk about stuff we like. <laughs> stuff we like. Smooth transition. So uh, the thing I'm liking right now, uh, I chose to be perfectly relevant for today, which is a book called Remote. And it's written by uh, the guys behind Basecamp, which is a productivity tool, software. They've actually been remote since starting the company back in 1999, if you can believe that. So they've been remote, stayed remote this whole time. Uh, and they wrote, they wrote this book back in 2013. And so it's been pretty neat to read that book. I just read it a couple of weeks ago, actually, for the first time. But it was really fun to read it because they are writing this in 2013, which is way before remote work is normalized. And I was reading it 
during like the middle of all this like pandemic and now all of a sudden working from home is getting more normalized and so it, it was kind of a fun read but they have a lot of great tips in there about um interacting with uh your coworkers, interacting with your boss like how to create remote culture how to stay engaged how to stay productive how to separate work from uh personal life so really 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 good book and um Highly recommend you uh, you check it out. So our quick 11 tips, I'll give you the rundown. First one is think about what's worked for you well at your old environment. How can you implement that at home? And number two is to try and batch similar types of work. Number three is to plan your rest, plan your work and your rest based on your mental energy. Number four is to move, get up, get out of your chair, obviously do healthy exercise, but just moving in general. And getting up and, and working with your hands and getting around. Number five, be mindful of your groceries and really watch having unhealthy stuff in the house because it's really easy to just grab and go and put on those pounds. Number six is to have a signal for the end of your workday. Seven is to not neglect your wrap-up sort of evening workday end routine. Number eight is to track your time. Number nine, keep it simple. Ten, we got to set boundaries for those non-work-from-home people in our lives. And number 11 is to find what works for you and roll with it. Good to go? Good job. I love it. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciate you, as always. Uh, we will see you next time.